This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. There is an alien among us, a superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city, he watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman. Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis is in the hands of the Man of Steel. Get up. He's gonna be busy. I said get up. Superman. Welcome, everybody, to episode 234 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It's Liam. Liam, it is yet another week here at the DCAU Review. We have turned the calendar page. Well, we are here if you're listening to it first week that it dropped if this is evergreen it could be that in the middle of a month we don't know but as far as as far as transitioning into another show that's what we will be doing here if you listen weekly so we will be continuing here of course in the dcau review we've had a nice couple of months in the dark red skies of gotham city celebrating batman the animated series's 30th anniversary uh, but uh, yeah we are we are here back in some sunny skies as we are uh, going to be covering superman the animated series for the remainder of this brand new month that's right and we got a pretty fun one to talk about this week a very memorable one in uh, in the second appearance of one bizarro uh, been a long time since we talked about his first appearance, so kind of fun to come back into it and look at the sequel in the aptly titled Bizarro's World. There we go. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun time this month. Uh, as we mentioned, if you listened to our episode last week, which uh, a hugely successful, fun episode last week, tune in. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you did not listen to that Shadow of the Bat review, another Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, a joy to, to visit that series every time we do. But uh, in case you didn't, and we were talking about uh, our Superman content it's no secret we we reviewed a whole lot of the the content uh, that the Superman the Animated Series has to this date. So we're running out of episodes, but uh, we have enough right now where we're going to continue here for the rest of the month. We'll uh, we'll wrap up this month with a special episode, and uh, of course, also if you're listening to this uh, the week that it drops, we are here in the month of November, so that means we'll have our our bonus Black Friday episode dropping uh, also in just a few weeks here, but. Liam, this week, as you mentioned, we are covering Bizarro's World. And before we get into our four categories for this week, we, of course, will get our official IMDb synopsis brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower to check out not only our entire catalog, which, of course, includes the very first episode, Identity Crisis, that features Bizarro, but also our entire catalog and bonus episodes, as well as fantastic content from other DCAU creators. That's right. So this is the synopsis for Bizarro's World, which was written by Robert Goodman, uh, directed by Hiroyuki Aoyama, 
or Ayama, I apologize, I'm probably butchering that. Uh, music by Lolita Ritmanis and animation by TMS. And that synopsis reads as such. After inadvertently receiving recorded memories of Krypton, Bizarro attempts to recreate those memories in miniature in his own twisted way, including its end. You had me until that add-on, including its end at the end. I, I don't want to cast, uh, I don't want to presume to know what's in the mind of the official IMDb synopsis providers. Uh, who 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 type in these synopsis? I would maybe guess that uh, English maybe wasn't that person's first language. Could be, or that perhaps they put it through like a Google Translate, which, as uh, most people who speak other languages would tell you, is not a uh, particularly <laughs> reliable uh, translation, um, mm-hmm. or at least not a, a full translation. So, feels like maybe something got uh, a little lost in the, in in there. But yes, as a as as a whole. <laughs> I think it covers the big bases. Bizarro's back. He's trying to build Krypton. That's 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 the big building blocks of our episode. And honestly, we could probably end this right here and start talking <laughs> about the plot because I, I'm. It is a uh, not a lot of depth for this episode. Mm-mm. We do start things off. Uh, we will do our plot synopsis before we get into our dissection and and discussion about uh, our scores. But uh, we start out with Lois driving up. The, the mountain where the original laboratory was that we last saw Bizarro uh, in and where, where it appeared that his life came to an end in a very heroic way, saving Lois and Superman. But uh, yep, so Lois is driving up. She's, she's up to something. She's trying to do some investigative work. She's met by a man with a very large gun who tells her that she needs to go away. Uh, she's insistent on tr- trying to trespass and uh, the the security guard begins to threaten her, but then the uh, the old the old Boy Scout, the big boy in blue, shows up, and Superman uh, tries to figure out if there's something that's going on, if something's wrong. Uh, that really just this gives us an opportunity, Liam, to to sort of give some uh, exposition on what happened in the last episode in case Lady, viewers you hadn't had seen one it. Morning. My orders are to. Is there a problem here? Yeah, this beefhead. No problem at all. As long as the lady turns around. Don't bother. I checked already. There's nothing left up there. I guess that includes Bizarro. He must have been completely vaporized. Just think what it would have been like for him if he'd lived. First finding out he wasn't, well, you. And then his home, his whole world destroyed in one day. Could you imagine? Yeah, I think I can. He'd probably feel a lot like I did when I learned I wasn't human. We get a lot of talk about how Bizarro died, what the original, what the factory or the uh, the, the laboratory rather was all about, who was responsible for it, and uh, we kind of get that that episode was left with a with uh, on a cliffhanger as to what exactly happened to Bizarro. But uh, as Superman sort of wonders aloud what would have happened uh, if he were in Bizarro's shoes and uh, you know whether or not uh, he would be out there searching for who he was and trying to figure out his own identity. We see that Bizarro is just doing that as he's, wouldn't you know it, he happened to head north apparently and has made it so far to the North Pole. And uh, well, it's, it's a bunch of happenstance that he happens to stumble upon Superman's <laughs> Fortress of Solitude, of course. Well, he sees that very fortuitous newscast in the ski lodge, which happens to be playing Metropolis News. Right. (laughs) That's true, which, by the way, uh, I don't think we've ever discussed this, and there's probably something for animation uh, and visuals, but uh, Professor Hamilton is mentioned in this newscast, and uh, that's where Angela Chen mentions that Professor Hamilton uh, may or may not, and could not confirm or deny that Superman lives at the North Pole. Uh, which prompts Bizarro to head north at that point. But uh, I, I dare say that Professor Hamilton has one of the best tans in all of DC <laughs> animated universe history. Would you not? Would you not agree? His his he's got the skin of a hot dog. After all this time, Metropolis still knows so little about the real Superman. Only one person is known to have pierced the iron wall around the Man of Steel. Professor Emil Hamilton of Star Labs. 
Rumor has it that he's even been to Superman's secret hideaway, a mysterious fortress hidden somewhere near the North Pole. I tried asking Hamilton if this was Superman's home, but the professor declined to comment. North Pole? Home? Am I right? <laughs> the man, yeah, the man gets his son. The man is, uh, you know, he, he's, he overnights as, a, uh, as an inner gang uh, enforcer, and then he's, he's <laughs> professor during the day, but... Man, I tell you what, Saturday hits. That dude is on the let's let's. I'm sure there's a beach somewhere on Metropolis. Definitely a Metropolis. Beach. Well, the water is probably unusable because of all the vehicles <laughs> Superman throws in it. But I'm sure there's a Metropolis beach where you can get some sun and uh, and uh, Ola Meal is definitely uh, taking full advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, as Bizarro walks through the ski lodge wall and catches this newscast. Uh, he decides to fly north, and of course, he happens to stumble upon the Fortress of Solitude at that point. He hears uh, his super hearing, uh, has him stumble upon some creatures. Of course, uh, Superman's uh, Galactic Zoo, although they don't call it that in, uh, in, the, in Superman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm all the creatures that he's uh, that he rescued in the Lobo episode. So he's uh, he's there, he's investigating. He decides that uh, they should not be kept behind the glass and breaks it free. And there's a creature that lunges out after him and he lovingly uh, cradles it like a dog and begins exploring this fortress of solitude and stumbles upon the the orb that uh, Superman uses to communicate with Brainiac. It's sort of Superman's, uh, Alexa, right? It's his Google Home. <laughs> it's his. Uh, it's his. It's his Siri. You know, you yeah. use the orb, anything you hold it, and it, it'll give you all the information that you need to know. Just download it right into your brain. Right. It's it's the role that's usually filled by a hologram of Jarrell in the uh, the live action movies, but here it's sort of this benign piece of Brainiac that is filtered through this orb, and then from the the navigation computer on on super from Superman's baby ship. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's whatever you need to know, whatever information you need. And I guess because he's still, despite a plot point later where his cells have mutated so much that he and Superman don't have the same weakness, he still does have enough shared DNA with Superman to uh, to be recognized as Kal-El himself and to be given a, a bit of a history lesson by Brainiac as he informs him of not only of uh, the, the glory and grandeur of Krypton, of his own identity as Kal-El, but also that at the end, it all comes to a, uh, a, a bit of an explosive finish. And uh, that's where we get our, our call to action for our, uh, our, our primary antagonist in this episode. Yep, and he's, uh, he heads back at this point. Uh, he decides it's time to head back home. So he heads back to metropolis and uh, begins wreaking havoc on the metropolis cultural center uh, <laughs> begins pulling things out of the ground raising escalators knocking over towers uh d- ticket booths overturning ticket booths and uh we we kind of get a a look inside of bizarro's brain at that point as we get a visual of him switching between uh what is actually in front of him in metropolis and sort of recreating a visual that he saw in brainiac's orb of uh, of what metropolis looked like so we get we get it at that point if his dialogue wasn't enough bizarro is attempting to recreate what he saw as uh, as krypton so that he can he can create his home he wants to know where his home is uh, because that's ultimately what he asks the orb where his home is and uh, so now he's going to recreate his home so uh, with with crypto, by the way, his dog in tow, uh, he is uh, he's arrived and he's built sort of in this theater like location. He has uh, he's, he's built himself a home and, and Maggie Sawyer and Dan Turpin show up and are attempting to sort of get things under control. Oh, by the way, during this time, also Bizarro sees what looks like uh, perhaps a chauffeur or a or a bellhop. I'm not sure, yeah, but he's a doorman, maybe a for doorman. Yes, uh, he's got a he's got a uniform that somewhat resembles Jor-El. So Bizarro, of course, looks at it and says that it's his dad. So he he kidnaps this guy, makes him sit in this this dilapidated theater, and uh, with Crypto the Crypto the the alien dog, and uh, and uh, and and then Lois shows up to find out what's going on. Much let me to- let me just add uh, a lot of meme potential in that clip of of Bizarro shouting "Daddy." <laughs> 
definitely going to put that one in the chamber for... There you go. <laughs> and I don't know when I'm going to bust it out, but just know it's coming. <laughs> Dada, no be scared. Me, I'm Kalil. Me take you home. Put that in the uh, put that yeah, put that on on the back burner for now. Uh, but yes, in today's modern culture, plenty of plenty of opportunity <laughs> to use that one. Yes, so uh, we we have uh, Lois showing up to the scene, much to Turpin's chagrin. Turpin, by the way, in this episode, pretty much fulfills the the old Flintstones like washer and dryer character type thing, <laughs> where he just kind of looks into the camera and shakes his head at the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of what's going on, uh, talking to no one in particular except the viewing audience breaking the fourth wall. So uh, we get a little bit of that. Uh, Turpin is is uh, surprised to see Lois there and tells her to get away. And Lois uh, recognizes that it is, in fact, Bizarro, calls out to him and is willing to play along in order to stall for time for Superman to arrive. So uh, much to uh, Turpin's chagrin, she volunteers to go in and and uh, Bizarro introduces her to her home, including Crypto and uh, and Daddy. Uh, so uh, as as he sort of begins to to show her around, she tries to tries to get some details about what his plan is. And, uh, and, and Bizarro begins to tell her that him, him am creating him home. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, Superman in the meantime shows up and, and has a bit of a conversation with Maggie and Turpin. And he, by the way, had visited the, the fortress of T- solitude and, and recognized that uh, some of the animals had been let out and then went to see the orb and saw the crooked footprints. So I assume that he, he knew he knew Bizarro just by the way that his crooked footprints stood in the, in the <laughs> you know, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So he arrives back to speak with, with Turpin and, and Maggie, and uh, they, he quickly learns that uh, based on just everything that's happening around him that and surmises that Bizarro is indeed trying to recreate Krypton. So he promises that if Krypton is what he wants, Krypton is what he'll get. Let me guess. Bizarro? Any idea what he's doing? Remodeling. He thinks he's me, so he's trying to create his own version of Krypton. Naturally. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That building won't last long. I'll be right back. If Krypton is what Bizarro wants, that's what he's going to get. As... As Bizarro is attempting to subtly make some moves on Lois by putting his arm around her in a very casual way, Superman breaks in and uh, is, is has not come alone, has he, Liam? That's right. We get uh, not only uh, the the return of the anti kryptonite suit, TM. Uh, we also get the uh, yes, he's holding in fact a, a big glowing green rock, which he. Uh, he quickly tries to sort of disarm Bizarro with words, and uh, and when it's clear that will not work, he uh, asks to uh, play a little game of catch and throws it over to him. Bizarro catches the rock, and uh, much to Superman's surprise, uh, it does not affect him at all. We get a, a throwaway do- a bit of dialogue saying that their cells have just they're just too different now, and that's it. So I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I guess. Sure. Um, but, but what it tells me is that if somebody dark side Luthor, anybody could get like a mind control device on Bizarro, they would rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, what's his weakness at this point? Not kryptonite. Right. Like, well, Superman can punch as hard as him, but he 
they can just throw kryptonite at Superman and then he's helpless and Bizarro's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Anywho. Uh, yep. Yes. Uh, as, uh, as Superman is kind of uh, uh, assessing the situation, the, the returning uh, lizard dog monster cr- named crypto, of course, in, uh, in, in the vein of Superman's famous pet uh, attacks Superman really just gives him a once over, just like shoves him through a wall <laughs> and, uh, and rips open his suit. And, uh, and Bizarro thinks it would be great if, uh, if crypto played fetch with the kryptonite and of course tosses it right over to where Superman is thus leaving him uh, inert and uh, unable to help Lois and the doorman in this increasingly crumbling world and uh, as uh, bizarro g- continues to kind of look around the building and look and he's he's so proud of his handiwork uh he then uh, remarks to himself that it's too bad that it all has to blow up now and uh and he flies out of the ceiling and uh, for about the fifth time in the episode so the the building is crumbling lois and the doorman and superman are all are all in danger and uh bizarro is going off to a uh, as we find out a missile silo to uh, recreate the end of krypton and uh superman uses i guess it's like a lead shield from a like a suit of armor that was that was is on display in this cultural center sure, sure. and uh, shoves is able to get the kryptonite far enough away from from him that he's able to uh, get back up on his feet and, and save Lois and the doorman at the last second and does he grab crypto too uh, I don't or, see him do that but we know that okay. he must have something happened yes or yeah maybe crypto I mean crypto was taking it to Superman so maybe he's just a bit uh, maybe he's just impervious to uh, to more things than we know but Yes, that creates our moment as uh, Superman uh, goes out and sort of discusses the situation with with Maggie and Turpin once again, and they inform him that he uh, that Bizarro went flying off in a certain direction, which Superman realizes must be the uh, the closest airbase. I don't know how Bizarro knew about that, but he did, and he goes and he. Uh, breaks into the missile silo itself and just chucks it up into the air, at which point the uh, the rocket fires. And uh, we have our, our race against time sort of to end our episode here as Bizarro is trying to uh, to complete the story and Superman, of course, trying to save the city at the same time. So it's uh, this is uh, we'll talk about this more in visuals. This is probably the most fun portion of the episode when they're flying at, after the missile and sort of struggling with each other and, our, and Superman's trying to reason with Bizarro and all that. Bizarro, you've got to listen to This isn't Krypton. Me make it Krypton. Now Krypton explodes. Ah! And what about Lois? If you do this, Lois will die. Lois? Lois not on Krypton. Right, but she's down there now. Finally, Superman's able to get through to Bizarro by informing him that uh, Lois will be killed in the blast, which Bizarro remarks doesn't make sense because Lois wasn't on Krypton. Uh, at which point Bizarro goes off to save Lois and Superman is able to throw the missile up into the sky. I'm just going to assume that there's no danger of <laughs> nuclear feedback if it explodes like mm-hmm. 10 feet above the tallest skyscraper in a city. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, we kind of begin to to, to wrap up here as uh, Bizarro is once again still trying to uh, seemingly save Lois, but uh, Superman finally intervenes and uh, kind of informs Bizarro that he's uh, he's got a little bit more to the story, that the story doesn't end with Kry- Krypton blowing up and that it's it's time for Bizarro to go find his adopted home world. That's right. And we have, so we have our nice little bow on it and uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a sad story as Bizarro realizes that, he uh, comprehends at this point that there's no actual living beings on this planet that Superman has brought him to. So how on earth can he be a hero? Who can he protect? 
And uh, that's where we have our little heartwarming end there as Superman reveals that tucked away inside the spaceship is the uh, horrifying lizard dog creature that uh, that Bizarro has named Crypto. So he's brought Crypto to this planet so he can keep Bizarro company. So, uh, you know, man's best friend or, or clone's best friend, I guess at this point so uh, and that's uh we get a pan up to the sky the uh the space and and that's the end of our story here superman by the way in his space outfit tm uh so we uh we we get another but all of superman's garb in this one his, uh, his <laughs> the only thing missing is the uh the underwater suit in this one so that's right all right so that kind of wraps things up for our plot liam um i'm not gonna lie not not a lot of notes on the uh the plot for this week um i think it's a perfectly fine episode there's not a lot that changes here other than we find out what happened to bizarro after the explosion at the lab we don't find his i mean we've moved him off world at this point so yay he's not dead question mark (laughs) but b he's also not really going to be a threat at least we don't think so at this point at the end of this episode so you know, we didn't know he was a threat. We thought he wasn't a threat at the beginning of the episode. And now he's definitely not a threat at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of fun as he's recreating Krypton and mm-hmm. you know, dialogue and some of the comedy that plays out. But there wasn't enough for me. This should have should have been a little bit more wacky comedy. I feel like there yes. is some comedy like really go in on it. The, 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 the doorman and him calling the doorman daddy and thinking that, you know, <laughs> he's his dad, just cause he's got lapels. You know, I thought that was pretty funny, uh, but it's, it's not, it, I don't know. It's just not terribly interesting at the end of the day and the missile heading towards metropolis. I mean, how many times have we seen Superman disable a missile before, <laughs> you know, it doesn't <laughs> kind of feels maybe not that many this far into the, into the series during the original run. But at this point we've seen it ad nausea. Like it's, it's Superman's not going to lose to a missile. He's going to defeat the missile. So are we really afraid that Bizarro is going to blow up metropolis i I don't know um but yeah i just didn't find it terribly interesting i felt like the comedy could have been played up a little bit more we've seen some you know we've seen comedy episodes especially of superman that that work really well ironically Mm -hmm. uh the the third part in the bizarro trilogy is uh, has one of those characters that i feel has been a successful attempt at comedy in superman the animated series but i don't know um all of that, I don't think it's offensive. It's not bad. It's not, you know, it, it moves by very quickly. It didn't feel like a drag at any point to me. Um, so for all those reasons, I gave it a five out of 10. Middle of the road, it's fine. It's okay. It's not great. It's not bad. What about you? Yeah, I gave it one point lower. Um, I gave it four out of 10 just because I do think there's a couple problems here, narratively speaking. One is that it's such a silly premise and Uh the entire episode being set on the happenstance of Bizarro wandering into a ski lodge and hearing a news report so that he can then go to the fortress of solitude and then stumble into the brainiac thing to learn about Krypton. Like there's a lot of happenstance. This, this should have a bit more slapstick to it and a little bit more. And he knows how to get back to Metropolis. Yes. How do, he's either really dumb or not or not dumb at all. It's very right. lines of where his where his intelligence is completely moves back and forth. I agree with that. Yeah, and in and kind of in the very start of the episode, it, and I think by the end, you are kind of supposed to feel bad for Bizarro because he doesn't. You know, there's this monologue that Superman does at the beginning of the episode about how he, you know, he. He couldn't imagine what Bizarro must feel like, uh, you know, waking up one day and realizing you're not who you thought you were and you you have no home and you don't know what your purpose is. So they almost play it like it's going to be this really sort of tragic thing. But then the rest of the episode is pretty light. Um, but again, maybe not light enough. So, I, yeah, I just think there's there's some some tonal issues, um, a lot of a lot of happenstance to get us where we needed to go um yeah it it felt like a filler Uh, i don't i don't know where in the process they came up with the what will be the third bizarro episode we'll cover down the line little big head man um so maybe they just thought well we need to get bizarro kind of where superman is kind of taking care of him and put him off on this barren world so that somebody can come and 
convince Bizarro to go back to Earth to fight Superman again. Um, but yeah, I, I also just don't think Bizarro, at least this version of Bizarro, works as like a solo villain. I think it yeah. works when he has somebody like Lex or Mixie or whoever else manipulating him into doing something. Because yes, at the end, we should kind of feel sorry for him because ultimately he just wants to be seen as a hero. He just wants to, you know, save people the same way Superman does. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like that comes across in this episode. Like he's, <laughs> he almost, you know, murders an entire town of people. And, uh, and then, yeah, he gets his, his little happy ending at the end. Like I said, I, I don't think it's terrible. It's certainly not the worst episode we've, uh, we've reviewed in the last few weeks here, but, uh, yeah, not, uh, not a great deal of fun for me. And I just, like I said, I thought there was some, some unevenness in the, the way the script was laid out, the way the plot was laid out that, uh, I didn't. I didn't think necessarily all came together to uh, to work together for something a little bit stronger. Agreed. All right, Liam. Let's move on to our next category then, which of course is animation and visuals. I believe this is a credited TMS uh, production here for this. Correct. One. And we of course mentioned that uh, Robert Goodman was responsible for writing it and directed by uh, Hiroyuki Aoyama. 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 Ayama, Ayama. Okay, we neither of us, both of us have probably butchered that. So very sorry, very sorry. <laughs> no, no disrespect intended. Uh, to tweet your complaints to at DCAU Review. Uh, but yes, so uh, I don't know what your thoughts were on visuals and animation. I, I think the animation is one of those episodes where there's some dynamic stuff that happens, uh, especially in that scene with the missile. I think that's where the majority of mm -hmm. the interesting stuff takes place. Of course, we get to see Krypton blown up again. We get to see, you know, some, some parts of Krypton. We get to see some of the fun, as I mentioned, when Bizarro is trying to recreate Krypton. Um, but there's a lot of dialogue in this, especially in the middle parts. Um, and uh, there's so the, the action is, is really limited. You get that that little bit of action in the in the cultural center between Superman and Bizarro and Crypto, uh, where mm -hmm. the where the thing is falling in. And then you have the missile scene. And that's to me where most of our it's where most of our action takes place. Um, I would say that the, the animation is pretty on point. I think those those uh, those scenes, the scene with a the missile, there's a lot of uh a lot of action there that you get. You get Superman, sort of a POV shot of Superman punching Bizarro that comes in. The fist comes right at the screen and then it switches to see, you know, Bizarro launched. And then um, you also then get a, uh, a, a POV shot of Superman giving him sort of this flying shoulder tackle where he lunges at him with his shoulder mm -hmm. and Bizarro goes launching. Those scenes are pretty dynamic. If you slow it down, you know, the characters look pretty elongated and really long arms and really long limbs, but it kind of works based on the, the shot, the POV shot or wherever the, the camera is positioned on the, on the characters in that, that point. Um, so some really beautiful, beautiful dynamic action there. I think the flight, the flight, uh, to, and from the missile, uh, silo is, is pretty interesting, but as far as action beats, you got to wait a long time for your first beat. And then it kind of drops off immediately afterwards, uh, in my opinion. But I think for the most part, it's a beautiful looking episode, a lot of bright colors, nothing really stood out as being off model to me. Um, I thought everybody looked looked pretty strong. A um, couple minor things I liked uh, when Bizarro first arrives in Metropolis, you get him flying through and they haven't really quite revealed that it's Bizarro, but it's this purple blur instead mm -hmm. of the, the uh, how did Smallville put it? The red blue blur uh, <laughs> that, that you get usually with Superman. It's like a purplish blur. So I love that that stuck out and sort of reminded me of a visual that you would see uh, in, in the, uh, the early Superman cartoons, the Fleischer cartoons. Um, yeah. Uh, missile missile sequence, I think is probably the tops uh, for this, this episode and, and what I ended up uh, listing here, but uh, ended up giving my score six out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I went, uh, I went just one point higher. I went seven out of 10, uh, mostly because I'm always a sucker for that sequence where, and we get it twice in this episode, which is the, the entrance into the fortress. Um, I know if you're a, more of a traditionalist from the comics, you may have wished they used the big giant golden key 
<laughs> but uh, I'm, I love this idea of it's like under the under the polar ice caps. Like there's literally no way you can see it if you had like a satellite or something. So it really does feel like maybe more of a fortress in this case. Um, and uh, I like seeing that there's a really nice shot as Bizarro is heading there where you kind of just see, you know, uh, sort of you don't see him in the shot yet. You just kind of see the camera sweeping over all of these ice caps and and the water sort of sloshing around. And then you see the, the close up on Bizarro as he sort of listens and begins to hear the the animals in the zoo and, and he flies down and then we get it again with Superman later. And then, yeah, probably uh, without a doubt, the the uh, the best part of the episode, I think, is the the sequence with the um, with the missile at the end. As far as visuals go, it's it, it's it's fun. Like I said, I, I wish I wish Superman had to work a little harder to get rid of the missile. Like that's always such a hallmark of the of the Fleischer Supermans was when you you know you kind of grip and grunt and and struggle to uh, to lift the thing and and get it out of the the atmosphere. But he just kind of flips it up and sends it into the sky so still a fun sequence like i said with him him sort of getting knocked and then uh you know the way they sort of visualize they're both flying at like supersonic speeds but then one will sort of hit the other one and they fly backwards in one direction and then they have to sort of fly back to keep up i think that that's a that's a fun sequence with them uh, sort of floating and, and and struggling around the the missile but uh and i like the design of uh of bizarro's world at the end of the episode uh that's the name of the show hey uh <laughs> but uh, i like i yeah i think the the background designs in this one and and bizarro going through that sequence where he's like rushing through walls to try to recreate kryptonian architecture is flipping a newsstand upside down and all that stuff is is pretty fun too i think so I think that's fun, and and uh, like we said, anytime we get to use that visual of the the brainiac orb and the the S shooting out onto the forehead and all that, with you know Bizarro witnessing uh, Kal El as a baby and all that stuff, I think there's there's definitely some fun uh, visual stuff throughout this episode. There you go. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. Uh, who's credited for our music for this episode? We have Miss Lolita Ritmanis on uh, on the call for this week's episode. Uh, there you go. Um, so uh, another thing I didn't have too many notes for. Um, do you have anything that stuck out for for music <laughs> for you? I think other than the missile scene, I didn't have anything that stuck out too favorably. Uh, what about you? Just a little bit of the uh, the character themes coming in. Um, of course, we get Superman's theme a bit, but. Uh, when Bizarro is sort of fl- flying over the polar ice caps, you get it's essentially the Superman theme, but it's played in this played in this very off kilter minor key on uh, on some horns, which I which I think is great. And I kind of wish they had brought that back a little bit more in the episode because I think sure. that's you know we we you know we we talk until we're blue in the face about how much we love the the character specific themes on the show, but and uh, we do get a touch of the Brainiac theme as well or the the Brainiac refrain uh mm-hmm. that uh, that we hear when when he first sort of appears and and uh yeah and then i i did also have a note about the uh the missile sequence at the end which i think has has a really good pace and tempo to it and really builds up then uh, the anticipation especially like every time superman kind of gets knocked knocked away the music kind of dips down and then sort of springs back to life as he flies back up towards the missile so they they did some pretty cool stuff in that final act yeah yeah. Um, yeah. For all those reasons, I, I, I strictly notated that I was hoping actually once, once it Bizarro sort of or Superman tricks Bizarro into going to try and save Lois, I was hoping that once he was able to sort of battle the disabling the missile that we would get the Superman theme kick in, but you really mm-hmm. don't get it. It's more, it's just kind of the, the same same sort of structure that we had been getting for that entire chase scene. So I was a little bit, uh, you know, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't get the Superman theme played more triumphantly there, but uh, Hey, you know, sometimes you, you, you expect uh, the music to go right and it goes left. It's not necessarily bad. It's just not what you expected. Um, but yeah, I think that whole scene sequence is, is scored very well. And uh, for that reason, I, uh, I ended up giving music a, a six out of 10. I thought it was, it was fine this week. Um, nothing, nothing terribly wrong or, or terribly right about it, but uh, <laughs> you know, we love the music regardless here and it's going to have to be really bad to give it a low score. Absolutely. I, I ended up coming to a six out of 10 as well. Like I said, if we had incorporated a little bit more of the, of the character themes, either for Bizarro or for Superman himself, I think it may have gone up a notch or two for me. I do think it's, 
like I said, very strong in that that final action sequence. But yeah, nothing nothing too too great to uh, to write home about. Certainly nothing you're gonna hum to yourself, which is uh, a lot of times our uh, our barometer for when we get into the real high scores for music. There we go. All right, Liam, let's wrap it up. We have our voice cast for this week. I know not a whole lot of, of voice actors here. Pretty small cast, including one of our, uh, our our main two antagonists and protagonists. We got uh, double duty here from one of our voice actors. So let's uh, let's chat them up. Let's talk about this week's voice cast. Yeah, the uh, the the top guy on the billing sheet is probably going to be the one that dominates. It's our discussion of voice acting here since he is playing two roles, but uh, elsewhere in the cast, it's, it's a lot of our, our regular Metropolis cast. We have uh, Joseph Bologna as Turpin. We have Joanna Cassidy back as Sawyer. Um, we briefly have Lauren Tom as Angela Chen. Uh, I don't even think he gets a name. I think he's just credited as doorman, but we do have the uh, legendary voice actor, Frank Welker. Uh, who's usually the the animal noises you hear? So probably and did the voice of crypto. If we had to, get I would it. I would almost one hundred percent say that yes, he was also the voice of crypto. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we have of course the the great Dana Delaney um, as as Lois Lane, um, who she's like she's the the second second runner up. She has probably the most to do other than our our main voice actor, but. Um, I mean, there's like I said, I feel like if it the maybe the the plot lets it down a little bit because if this was played more for comedy, especially when she's kind of trying to placate him, uh, I think it could have been maybe a little bit more fun. Or if she had more interplay with the doorman or or with uh, with the cops, as as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Belagna as as Dan Turpin does have a few funny Flintstones esque one liners that he that he kind of says to to no one in particular, which are funny, and he kind of reacts to all this crazy stuff happening, especially with Lois when she uh, when she agrees to uh, to go with Bizarro. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a it's almost a one man show today, and it's uh, it's Tim Daly playing both Superman and Bizarro, and it's a lot more Bizarro than Superman. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really is. We get we get a ton of Bizarro, we get, which means, of course, we have uh, him sort of doing his inflection with a little bit of a, a deeper voice and a and less pronouns and and proper grammar and verbs mm -hmm. and uh, and words out of order. So uh, we do get uh, yeah, we 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 get him in this performance. And hey, I, I would never I would never assume that this is an easy performance because you're you, it has to be similar yet different has to be really a really dumbed down sort of unintelligent version of the voice that you're used to giving. Um, but it really does feel like maybe he had fun in doing it. I don't know. It, it comes across mm -hmm. in the performance as an enjoyable, an enjoyable character for him to play. Um, and uh, you know, there's some, you have to create, create this character that has this naive sort of, innocence about him yet he's also subtly sort of evil like there's there's an evil mm -hmm. about him that is naive like he just he's doing all this destructive stuff but he's doing it because he thinks that that's what what he deserves it's his home mm -hmm. he's destroying metropolis because he has to create krypton that's where he's from um so it really comes across in Tim Daly's performance. And I really, really enjoyed it. And when you have him interacting with himself and with these two characters, uh, the Superman sort of intelligent, calm and peaceful Superman comes across as so kind, even though Bizarro is trying mm -hmm. to screw everything up. The fact that he's able to sort of relate to him, as you mentioned in that opening monologue, uh, you know, about not being, you know, coming to this realization that you not you're not who you thought you were, which of course Clark himself experienced when he you know found out that he was an alien. Like you're not who mm -hmm. you thought you were. Like imagine who are you then? Where are you? Where do you go? Where do you go? Having this identity crisis. Um, hey, that's the name of the first episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I I think that his performance is really strong. I really enjoyed it. I always give extra kudos for, and it usually brings up my point. If you have a character, a voice actor playing multiple characters, um, uh, you know, kind of the same character or two, you know, have to play off of himself as he does in this, this case and uh, do so successfully. Uh, I, I, I loved this performance. I think that, uh, you know, rounding out everybody else's performance, Daniel Delaney off of this bizarro version of Tim Daly is, is great. Um, so yeah, I ended up giving it a pretty high score. I ended up giving it an eight out of 10. 
yeah, I went uh, just one tick lower. I went seven out of 10. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I think that's probably not so much on the voice actors as it is on the 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 way the plot was laid out, maybe not giving them enough enough to do. I do really think, and you, and you hit the nail on the head with this, that there's a lot of kindness in Tim Daly's Superman in this episode and, mm-hmm. and, and the way that he views Bizarro and, you know, not as a straight up enemy. And he's sort of constantly trying to reason with him all the way up to when Bizarro is throwing a nuclear missile at his, uh, at his city. So it's, you know, it's, it's a good episode if you like a, uh, a kinder, gentler Superman, which I certainly do. So I, I appreciate that aspect and and the warmth and and sort of concern that that comes out of, of Tim Daly's voice as, as Superman, and then the very over the top and silly side with uh, with the Bizarro stuff. It's yeah, really strong effort by uh, by Mr. Daly. There you go. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up. So totaling all of our scores, I end up with a kind of middle of the road, twenty five out of forty. What about you? Yeah, and I'm just one tick lower at 24 out of 40. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as we talk about rewatchability, I think it is, it's at least one thumb up because it is the the middle uh, entry into this bizarro Superman trilogy in uh, in Superman the Animated Series. So I think you got to watch it for that. And and like we said, I, it's not it's not going to be one of my favorite episodes that I'd go back to 100 times if I'm, if I'm sitting down to watch the best of Superman. Superman the animated series, but there are certainly worse outings from uh from the series. And uh this one still has some fun and some some good character beats, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years later, this episode, by the way, I didn't mention at the beginning, but uh October 10th, 1997 was when this this episode originally wow. debuted on the kids WB here. 25 years later, I, I don't think it's one that you would put up as one of the best, best of this run. Uh, but as mm-hmm. far as being important, yeah, it's, I mean, as we said, there's, it's a, it's a bizarro trilogy. You kind of have to know if you're going to watch the next one, you got to kind of figure out how he got to where he got to, because uh, that plays a big role in, in that episode. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we got to know how he gets to bizarro's world. And uh, yeah, so I think you have to at least say this is one thumb up. This character comes back not only in that episode, but then later on. Yeah, pretty important. I'd say uh, this is a this is at least a one thumb up for for uh, rewatchability. There, not one maybe that I would choose either to throw on, but it is. I mean, it's twenty two minutes. It's it's easy watching. It's mm-hmm. A lot to follow. You really don't have to. You don't really have to. Fu- you know, sit down and concentrate too much to figure things out. So, uh, yeah, one thumb up uh for that so another case for that it's important to the dcau so you gotta you gotta add it to that (laughs) list because of that so yeah even if we didn't didn't love the episode as a whole so there you go all right liam let's uh let's wrap things up here thanks everybody for tuning into this week's episode don't forget uh we would love for you to support us there's a couple different ways for you to do so Uh, there's a couple free ways to do so the first of course is to support us via social media and that is on instagram at dcau review and uh, at dcau review on twitter at liam we uh we're gonna need everybody's uh money in order to be able to afford that eight dollar a month blue check mark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh we're gonna need people to support us monetarily too uh they so you <laughs> we joke of course uh, <laughs> but uh but uh speaking of twitter we mentioned earlier this week we teased i teased uh this week that we were going to reveal some exclusive news here on on the dcau review i had the uh the the good fortune of being able to to meet dc comics president Jim Lee earlier this week at uh, at our local Comic Con, I was able to, uh, to 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 speak with him. He signed a couple things. Great, great guy. Signed for five hours uh, with, without a break. Like, yeah, good, good golly, man. And he was still signing post that five hours uh, after I left. So go, go figure. What a God bless him. Yeah, what a champ. But uh, I, I decided to make my my uh, my interaction with him sort of memorable. I let him know that I did a did a podcast where we talked about the DC animated universe and asked him if he had a favorite episode of Batman, the animated series. So, Liam, right here, I can exclusively reveal to you that Jim Lee said that his favorite Batman, the animated series episode was none other than the episode with Harley Quinn. That leads me to believe that is, in fact, Mad Love uh, that he was referring to. Ah. Uh, so uh, Jim Lee, favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series, Mad Love. 
which of course is based on the, the Bruce Tim Paul Dini comic book of the same name. So we have uh, we exclusive news here. You heard it here. If we had our own news site, we would put it up a clickbait. You know, <laughs> Jim Lee shocks the world with favorite exclusive. Batman the Animated Series episode exclusive. So yeah. <laughs> Good, good, good times there. But you would have known that we were teasing that if you followed us on Twitter at DCAU Review. You can, of course, also support us if you want to monetarily. Help us get that blue check mark. Uh, you can check out uh, <laughs> check out the link at the bottom of our of our Anchor.fm page. You can also head over to DCAUReview.com and click on our store tab. Pick yourself up a piece of merchandise. Uh, to wear or to put on your desk and do something like that uh, sticker, maybe put on your water bottle. Yeah. Support us that way. Um, also, of course, uh, leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, whether you listen on Apple or Spotify or whatever podcast app you listen to leave us a review, a five-star review helps a little blurb helps uh, put us uh, on, on, on uh, moves us up the algorithm, helps more eyes get on the, uh, the podcast and helps it become more visible. So uh, that helps us out a lot we appreciate the people that do and have and continue to support us but uh yeah thank you so much liam we will be continuing here as we mentioned at the top of the program with uh, more superman this month and we've got another exciting episode next week one that we've been putting off for uh, quite some time here but as we mentioned the uh the amount of content we have is dwindling with superman so that's it's about time we uh we review one of the the early and uh maybe the most most seen episodes from our from our viewpoint <laughs> in the history of Superman the animated series uh, on next week's episode. That's right. So uh, we will finally, some two hundred and thirty five episodes in, we will finally be covering the first appearances of Jaxor and Mala, and uh, and we're going to try something different because, as you probably know, if you're listening to this, that is a two part episode, blast from the past parts one and two we are going to try something a little different uh, because as mentioned we don't have a lot of superman left uh we're going to try to review each part as its own episode so we will be coming back here next saturday with a review of blast from the past part one there we go uh we'll talk a little bit about the the general zod stand-in that is jaxer and uh mm-hmm. maybe talk a little bit about why they didn't actually use general zod and uh, talk a little bit about uh, all that that episode entails, including a very tan Emil Hamilton. Very excited <laughs> to cover cover that topic again. As uh, if if you have any idea why Professor Hamilton's so tan, tweet us at DCA. Join in the conversation. <laughs> uh, but until then, I'm Cal. <laughs> and I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCA. Bye bye.